0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Sabrina Oso about preventing workplace violence, bullying, and harassment. Sabrina Oso, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Jonathan, for having me. Uh, I greatly appreciate the opportunity.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. We're going to be focusing on a very serious topic, a very important topic, and that is preventing workplace violence, bullying, and harassment. And it's sad that we live in a world where we have to worry about these things, but we do. And I think anyone tuning in uh, to this podcast today probably it wasn't the first thing you woke up wanting to spend your time doing is thinking about, you know, this kind of a serious uh, topic, but, uh, you know, I, I hope that we'll be able to explore this and come up with some good ideas and tips on what organizational leaders can start doing today to make their workplace more safe, to take responsibility for protecting the safety of our people. As we get started I wanted to share Sabrina's bio with everybody. Sabrina Oso is founder and CEO of Oso Safe. She is a TEDx speaker, domestic violence speaker, real estate agent and consultant on promoting safety and preventing violence in the workplace, schools, and in places of residence. Sabrina's personal and professional experience with the subject allows her to bring a unique and holistic approach for employers, landlords, tenants, students, and teachers. She was honored and grateful to have been one of the featured TEDx talk speakers at the New Jersey City University. Sabrina has been hired for numerous speaking engagements throughout New York and New Jersey, including radio and podcast interviews. Sabrina regularly takes continued education courses at Rutgers University to keep abreast of issues associated with home violence. She is also a professional dancer actress who uses her performance talents to educate on the subject. As a real estate agent, Sabrina is, bring it, is bridging the real estate industry with Oh So Safe. Uh, again, thank you so much for your willingness to come on the podcast today, to share your story, to, to talk about such an important issue. Before we launch on into the conversation, anything else you would like to share by way of background or personal context with the audience? Uh,
1: you read my bio so that's a pretty good, uh, summation of, of, of me and my company. Um, so, uh, yes, it, it it's been, it, I, I've been doing this for a number of years now. And, um, uh, and I think because of COVID people are now really aware of how violence is so prevalent in our lives. Um, especially in places of residence, because now our places of residence are our workplaces and our schools, essentially. Um, So our place of residence has become where we're at morning, noon, and night. Uh, So more reason to make that safe more than ever. Um, I hope I answered your question as far as just to give some direction.
0: Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that framing too. Uh, The reality is so many of us have been for the past year, 13, 14 months, uh, been living, working, schooling from home. And, you know, I, I have a family with my wife and six children. Uh, That's been our circumstance. Um, I love having the flexibility. I love being around so much. I love us spending the time together. Um, But I'm, you know, very aware of domestic violence being on the rise over the past year, as you have people who may have, you know, maybe in situations that aren't as ideal, where, you know, before at least they had a chance to get out to school, they had a chance to leave to go to work and and have separation. And now they're just around each other all the time. And that has also led to, you know, some difficulties. And so, I mean, this really is an important issue. And you, you raise a really important point, and that is, you know, if I'm an organizational leader and I'm trying to think about how I keep my people safe at work, that's one thing when we're in a physical office space and we're trying to think about, you know, exit plans. And we're trying to think about what do you do if there's a shooter and what do you do this, that, or the other, you have harassment policies and anti-bullying policies and such. Um, What do you do though? When you have a distributed workforce where most people are working from home and you're trying to keep your people safe, It, it, it brings up a whole new, kind of range of issues that we have to just be very thoughtful about. So those are the types of things we're going to be exploring uh, together today. As we really dive on into this topic, I thought maybe you could start with some statistics around violence.
1: Yes, I'd be more than happy to. Um, One out of three women will be beaten or raped in her lifetime. One out of three young people will be in an abusive relationship. One out of seven men is abused. By the end of today, four women will be killed by their abusive partners, and most of them will be killed after they leave their abusers. 15 million children witness violence in their own homes each and every year. There are 2 million incidents of workplace violence that occurs. That comes out to be about 33000 per week, and of those 17 result in a murder. Roughly about $728 million is lost due to uh, workplace violence relating it to home violence, and that is equivalent to almost eight million paid work days per year that are lost due to someone calling in sick or someone not showing up due to, well, whatever excuse they give. The actual excuse or the reason is because of home violence, some some degree of violence, an episode of violence, abuse that happened in the home, so they can't show up for work. Um, 80% of all runaways come from violent homes. Uh, I could go on and on with statistics, but those are, those are just the ones off the top of my head.
0: Yeah. And it's startling, isn't it? Um, I know this is what you do each and every day. It's something I think about. And it, it, it's connected to the work I do in the HR space and what I teach at the university and such. So it is something I'm aware of, but it's not something I wake up and think about first thing every day. And it, it's just startling. I, I hear those statistics. And it's, it's incredibly sad. Uh, it, it, it shows that we have a lot of work to do.
1: Correct. And mind you, those statistics are just the ones that are documented. So, and I say this in my TEDx talk, uh, uh, so the the problem, the magnitude of the problem is much more horrific than than what we're seeing, Uh, even the numbers. And the numbers don't lie. Uh, Those are just the ones that are reported. So it is more reason to make homes safe. Uh, because if you make home safe, then the workplace will be safe. Uh, schools will be safe. Universities will be safe. Um, it all starts in the home. And we're probably the only company that makes that link, that makes that bridge very evident in the workplace. Otherwise, it's symptomatic treatment. You're not treating the actual root of the problem. Um And we have something called uh, the also safe home sweet home package, and this is for residency I can talk about it now or later. But this we are introducing into the real estate industry to make your residency safe and on the prevention end versus waiting for something to happen, and then doing something about it because, quite frankly, when police show up. It's almost too late to do anything at that point um, we're very proactive before that even happens.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Um, I think it it is, again, the the statistics are startling and you, you point out how that's just based on official reports. Uh, there are, it's actually interesting when you look at victim surveys versus, um, the, the official data that comes from, uh, Crime statistics reported th- through police departments, uh, what we see consistently is, is that all of those violent uh, crimes are vastly under documented uh, officially and in f- magnitudes of orders of magnitude greater levels of, of uh, and prevalence of violence that is actually occurring that victims are having to deal with. So it is a really horrific problem. And, uh, it's, it's wonderful that your, your company helps to try to tackle that. And I also, I really like the approach, uh, to just being the, the holistic approach and trying to be preventative instead of reactionary, because honestly, that's what most often happens. Uh, the other thing that I think is really worth noting is the linkage between the home and the workplace, as you mentioned, uh, it's always been there. It's even more important now though, with so many people working from home um, that, that organizations can't afford to not consider uh, the home environment as it relates to their employees and their employees' ability to, to live a safe, happy life. And, you know, thereby, you know, one of the outcomes is that they get to be productive employees and help the organization flourish. Uh, And so organizations have to, and leaders have to, Take all of these things into consideration. Uh, one of the things I know you talk a lot about is the responsibility for safety. Now, a lot of times, we what ends up happening is we kind of "quote unquote" blame the victim. And you know, a victim, you know, an, an individual is victimized. Something happens, and then you know, if, if it's in the media, a lot of times what ends up happening is is we people st- pundits start to point at all the things that they did wrong that put themselves in a bad situation that made it more likely for them to be hurt. Um, that that's problematic for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I, I think one of the things we just need to really consider is again, from a proactive standpoint, it, it is about me and what I'm doing to prepare my organization and to protect my people. I need to take responsibility for that safety first and foremost, and you know, then that involves some training for my people and and how they can keep themselves safe. But I have to 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 hold on to that responsibility. Uh, any other thoughts on that? I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press. Will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life
1: yes yes uh absolutely it is extremely important that we make that link uh uh, between home violence and workplace violence uh, there is really no separation and if you once you are on company premises you are your company's responsibility from the moment you enter company premises to the moment that you leave so there are incidents where there is an ex-boyfriend an ex-girlfriend a uh, a husband an ex-husband a wife an ex-wife waiting in the parking lot of a company and Either there's going to be threats or physical assault or even sexual assault, verbal, verbal disparagement. And uh, and this creates a problem all around uh, for the workers, for co-workers, for supervisors, employees, upper managers, um, company owners. So it is in their best interest. We say to companies, hire us. We will make the link if we do not make homes safe, then your workplace will never be safe. And if you want your workplace to be safe, homes must be safe first. In fact, that was a title on one of my podcasts for a, um, uh, someone, uh, a podcaster from Australia. And, and she understood that she said, you're right, Sabrina, the distinction has to be, the connection has to be made. And too often I have to say, um, We do get some pushback where from supervisors or company owners, oh, well, we don't want to get involved. It's none of our business. Uh, Whatever happens in the workplace, uh, it's separate from the home. Whatever they do at home, it's none of our business. We don't want to rock the boats, ruffle any feathers. I am here to tell everyone, myself and my company, that the boats are already rocked and the feathers are already ruffled. And if you don't make that connection, where we design company policy, we make sure that you that you address home violence, that um, that if it happens, you want to be as proactive as possible, as preventative as possible. We are offering something called the Oso oh Safe Certification, and this encompasses we're saying and we are marketing this right now to the landlord tenant portion of the industry because that's the path of least resistance right now but we want this to propagate over all residency and this certification basically is a home sweet home the also safe home Sweet home package and we're saying mr and miss landlord hire us we will get your property also safe certified The package consists of a policy, a seminar, an app, and therapists assigned to the building. The policy basically states, I, as a landlord, I promise to provide you a safe space for you to live. You, in turn, as my tenant, you promise to not act in any way, shape, or form that is abusive. Otherwise, you, the abuser only, gets immediately evicted from the premises. And we go into full knowledge knowing that that would be the consequences. The rest of the family unit can stay provided that they can still pay the rent or the mortgage. And then there is a a seminar that where we educate everyone, new and existing tenants, whether you're going through violence or not, it's irrelevant. So that way, it's a blanket education for everyone. We review facts, statistics, warning signs, definitions of abuse, the difference between abuse and discipline, just to name a few items. Then there is an app that will detect violent-like movements and captures them in real time and alerts the landlord. So let's say, for example, a landlord has 10 units. Wow, I just saw in my unit two and in my unit 10, he just beat the crap out of her or she just beat the crap out of the kids this is grounds for eviction. You knew that that was going to happen, and the advantage for a landlord is that it mitigates liability, maintains property reputation, your vacancy rates will drop, and your tenants feel safe. So,
0: can I ask about that? So, sure. So there, so there's in-home monitoring uh, of behavior. How does that work? Video cameras. Um, tenants have to uh, sign kind of away that privacy right or how does that work
1: it is being updated right now the app uh, right now it will detect a, a 30 second video of the actual violent like movement and this is voluntary so this is kind of being beta tested uh and and we put this in the common area of the of the home if you will it will not detect conversations and it won't detect documentation it will it will only detect Violence. So and this is done through facial recognition and artificial intelligence. More than that, I can't disclose more than that, because there's patent, uh, it's patent issues, but uh, we feel that by combining education and technology, this makes for better residency all around. And we're hoping that this will actually, we feel that this will really catch on in residency. Um, because people are not going to want anything less than to be in an Oso Safe Certified property. I hope I answered your question.
0: Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting premise. <clears throat> um, I, I would have to think more about it in terms of the the ramifications of that kind of uh, uh, monitoring within a home. I, I do think uh, within a workplace, though, where there's no. Expectation of privacy, you know, that a employee would have if they're in a physical workspace with their employer. Certainly, the employer can be monitoring every space, and it sounds like uh, the app and your technology uh, would be very useful uh, in detecting, you know, violent acts that occur in the workplace. Anyways, I I think that's that's really interesting. Well, one of the things I know you talk about is practicing being non-abusive um, what, what do you mean by that?
1: This is definitely the more and more that we do this work, it's more and more evident to me that this has to be a practice. It's not just one and done. So for example, the items that I mentioned in the home sweet home package, you never know when you'll be in a situation where it could turn violent. It could turn abusive. So If you are, if you were brought up in a good environment, a loving, nurturing, understanding environment, but then you start dating someone that is, if you're not aware of those warning signs, you could find yourself in a horrible situation pretty quickly. So this has to be a practice. It has to be on the forefront of everyone's mind. We say, know that you deserve to be in a good relationship. You have to know that like, you know, the back of your hand. And this has to be said over and over again. And I could tell you as someone who's a former, I'm a survivor of violence. My father beat my mother on a regular basis. I've had years and years of therapy to be comfortable to say that to perfect strangers. It is definitely, you could definitely fall into the trap that I don't deserve good in my life. I Because you start to internalize a lot of how you grew up And then you feel like I don't deserve anything good in my life. So that is something that has to be on the forefront of people's minds on a regular basis. And you never know if you are upset with your child, that child could be a toddler or an adult, a young adult. And you could be tempted to if your kid comes home with bad grades, if your kid comes home, they tell you that they're gay or that they're pregnant or that um, they're being bullied or they're being slut shamed, uh, cyber bullied. Um, They had an altercation with another child at school. If you're not in tune to, okay, I know better. I'm not going to verbally, physically, sexually assault my kid. I'm not going to go that route. I know better. That's a much better approach. And that's a practice, especially, I I would say at any age that you're raising children and Jonathan, wow, you have six children. So I'm sure you, you understand this, um, that it has to be a practice. It's not just Okay, uh, everything is going to be fine today, and I'm not going to be challenged. Um, and we're not saying that you're not going to fight or argue with your significant other. That you're not going to be, um, you're not going to have some sort of conflict with your child. Of course, you are. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be conflict. There's going to be disagreements. But it should never, ever. I repeat, ever cross the line of verbal, physical, sexual abuse. And we have this actually embedded in our home sweet home code of living um, as do's and don'ts. So that way people are in check. And again, this is a practice. Um uh, I know I practice it in my own life every single day to not repeat the same mistakes as my parents. Um, I instruct people, look, there are warning signs here. You're headed for trouble, um, and you you have to know that you deserve to be in a good relationship, and there are good men and women out there that are deserving of you. So you need to take stock of everything. So th- this is what I mean by a practice. You practice it in the workplace. You teach your kids, don't be racist. Don't be misogynistic don't be homophobic we practice it at home now practice it at school you don't call anyone any labels you don't say anything derogatory to anyone and you practice it at work practice it in the workplace it's the same thing only the only thing that changes is your audience really is are you in front of employees upper managers and supervisors are you in front of in front of uh, students and and professors are you in front of residents at a building or in a home, what have you. So I hope I answered your question.
0: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Well, Sabrina, it has been a real pleasure talking with you. You've given us a a brief taste of the importance of this issue and what organizational leaders can start to be thinking about uh, in relation to how we can keep our people safe from uh, physical violence, from uh, various forms of abuse, harassment, Bullying, I think it's a vital um, consideration. We have to, if nothing else, as an as a leader, I need to do no harm and I need to keep my people safe. Right um, now, hopefully, I can have a really dynamic, empowering environment where people love coming to work and blah blah blah, all the other really positive things. But you know, at the base level, I need to keep people safe. It needs to be a safe environment, right. and um, and that's that will then allow people to start to move into and thrive in those other ways. Well, I appreciate you joining us today. Before we close, is there anything um, else you would like to say by last word? And please also share with listeners how they can get connected with you and find out more about your organization.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, I want to say to people that uh, you have the right to be safe at home and now safe at home means safe at work and safe at school So you have that right, and we will see to it at OsoSafe that that just becomes a required standard condition of residency in the workplace as well as in schools right across the board. Uh, My website is ososafe.com. My direct email is sabrina at ososafe.com. My TEDx talk is broadcast. It's called, If You're a Victim of Home Violence, Don't Leave, Stay. Uh, I am on all the major social media platforms: uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, um, and yes, anyone that wants to book us for seminars, workshops, for uh, to get us into their buildings, in their residences, um, my website would be the best place to do that. And I want to thank you again for the opportunity, Jonathan. Um, uh, you've been a great host.
0: Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I really appreciate you tackling such a difficult issue and trying to to make a difference in the world. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Sabrina and her company can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.